right, good. Thank you, Swell. For the table, we're going to be talking about uh, where is your harvest field? One of my favorite texts to kind of go through because there's so much there that applies to you all. I'll read 31. Um, it says, meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. I love that verse because what do you think Jesus was saying what his food was? It, it says it in there. Oh, I'll read it. 34, Jesus said to him, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Now, Jesus was saying, hey, man, I know I sent you guys to get some food for me. But I'm trying to give you a point and let you know that physical substance or food is not always substantial when it comes to life. What are some other examples of food? Like what or what feeds people that gets people going and, and pursuing purpose? What are some of those other types of foods? Yes, sir. Music. Music. How does music feed somebody? Uh, like based upon like the type of music that like give you energy. Yeah. Yep, good. Energy, motivation. What are some of the things that feeds people, that gets them going, that gets them excited, that gets them where even food, a good meal can't do for them all the way? What are some other things? The number one food that's going to feed you, and that's why it's one of those topics that's very paramount for your age, is your purpose. Like, doing what I do feeds me. But the issue is, a lot of people are trying to harvest a field that's not their field. And my question to you is, what is your harvest field, or where is your harvest field? Because at y'all's age, a lot of you guys are being told what harvest field to till. Somebody is telling you, a parent is telling you that you should go to college and harvest that field, or that you should pursue this job or career and harvest that field. But if you harvest the field that God never told you to harvest, then my friend, you won't reap a harvest. Jesus said, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to him, my food is to do. Jesus said, my food is to what? The what? The will of him who what sent me and to accomplish his work. This should be your motivation statement for your life. This should be a statement of your life where you say, my goal in life is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Jesus was about his father's business since what age? And we always share this when we get to that type of age dynamic and how Jesus was 12, and you guys are 14, 15, 16, right? And unfortunately, we live in a society that creates a system where you guys are oblivious to what your purpose is. Do you know the most dangerous thing not to know, the most expensive thing not to know, is what you're here to do? Do you not think this system was designed to make sure that you're clueless? Do you not think this system was designed to make sure that you have no clue of what your will, of what his will is for you? Because each and every one of us, when we were babies in our mother's womb, were sent through the portal of a woman's womb to fulfill in a specific assignment. 
Jesus wasn't the only one that had an assignment. Each and every one of us have an assignment. And it is one of those things to where you got to make sure that you say, I'm going to investigate my purpose to such a degree. I'm going to investigate all about me to such a degree that I find out why I'm here. He says, I have food to eat that you do not know about. And I'll go down to 34. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. It says, do you not say there are yet four months? Then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes. What are some things that keeps people's eyes from looking up? Or let me say this. What does looking up signify or represent when it says lift up your eyes? Looking forward, yep. Yeah. We start there. What are some things that keeps people's eyes from lifting up? At y'all's age group. That may say, man, I, 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 I know I've heard I have hope in my life. I've heard I have a purpose in my life. But right now, I can't lift my eyes and see it. What are some of those emotions, those experiences, those, those things that keeps one from lifting up their eyes? Yes, we are. The past. And how does the past keep someone's eyes from not being lifted up? Yep. What else? We got past. Let me get two more. Yes. Fear. Fear. Expound that for me, fam. Yep. One more. What is something that keeps people from lifting their eyes to see that the harvest in their field is ripe? We got past. We got fear. Anyone else? If not, we'll just labor on those two for a little bit. We'll labor on those two right now. So. There's a lot of issues, especially with young people, that keeps them from lifting their eyes because right now the harvest is ripe. I talked to my econ class and I was sharing with them, and I don't know if I said this with you all, I probably did, that you're one idea away from generational wealth. Y'all know what generational wealth is, right? Wealth that's passed down, right? See, you may not have come from a wealthy family, but a wealthy family can come from you. So each and every one of us, we are one idea away from generational wealth. See, God is not going to call you to do something that that something won't pay you for. See, we expect God, God, I want you to bless me. God, I want you to pay this for me. I want you to do this for me. But God don't just be going on shopping sprees for us. Like everybody just want to say, hey, if I pay my tithes, if I give my money to God, I'm going to sit back and let him pay me. That's not how the system works. It works like this. God says, I'm going to give you not just a bag one time. I'm going to give you an idea to give you bags over time. Now, let me ask you one question. Would you prefer to get a big bag of money one time or a lot of money over time? Why, why a lot of money over time is the better choice than a bag one time? It lasts longer. And obviously, in a lot of people's situation, if they was to get a bag, you, if I was to give you a million dollars right now, it would cripple you. Because you didn't take the time to get to a million. That's why I love the millionaire journey. That's why I'm working towards becoming a millionaire. I love the journey more than the prize. I don't care much about the millions. I care about the millionaire I became before I made the millions. Why? Because I will keep it longer. My wife made me pursue her, man. My wife was not easy to get. 
<laughs> when my wife and I was first dating uh, or getting to know each other, we didn't go out to eat for one whole year. She was a grad student at UNC Charlotte, and for me to spend time with her, where did I have to go? I had to park my car in the parking garage at UNC Charlotte, wait for her to get out of class to talk to her in the parking deck. She said, you have to prove that you're worth my time over a meal. So it took me a lot of work to get her. Therefore, it's going to make sure that I keep her. That's why easy come, easy goes. If he gets you easy, he'll leave you easy. If you got her easy, she'll leave you easy. So the thing is, is what I'm saying is, is that God gives you a process before he gives you the prize. He teaches you about the journey before you get to the joy of the season that you desire. And so when you begin to understand, hey, man, in life, I'm going to have to go through trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. Then you understand what the process provides. But the issue is, is that going back to what we're saying is, is that, that that there is a particular work that God wants you to do. And as you do that work, wealth comes. That's why this is probably it may not be the sexiest message. It may not be the oh that was good. But this is real raw material that will shift your whole perspective if you say, I'm not going to I'm not going to go on social media. I'm not going to hang out with my friends. I'm not going to spend time on time wasters until I find out his will for my life. The number one thing you got to make sure that you know is what you're here to do, because that's what's going to feed you. Y'all heard of passion, right? When you're passionate about something, it feeds you. Tell me some things you're passionate about. Things like you, man, man, I'm just passionate about it. Man, uh, I'm here at game time. Let's go. What are you passionate about? Music. Music. So you don't, you can go probably a day without eating, but if you have music around, you forget to eat. Who, what else are you passionate about? I'm so passionate about my book right now. I'm so passionate about writing that over the weekend I spent six hours straight writing and I looked up and realized I ain't even had a meal yet. My card game just came in the mail today, and this card game is going with my book. And when that thing came in the mail, I said, man, I only got time to eat, man. It's time to, it's time to get these card games to the people. My purpose feeds me. I can go two, two days without eating, but if I'm feeding off of the will of God for my life, I'm, I'm here. And that's why I'm trying to get you guys to get to a place where you say, okay, what am I passionate about? I'm not saying don't eat. Please eat. But what I'm saying, there's a food that will feed you more substance than real food. There's some of y'all, you will watch Ball is Life for hours. Some of y'all, y'all watch anime for hours. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that. It's giving a clue. If, so, if you can watch something for hours and not eat, if you can be in a gym and not eat, if you can do something and not eat, that's a clue to a degree of what you're supposed to do. Jesus said, man, yeah, I appreciate the I appreciate the what you're trying to do for me. You're trying to feed me. Cool. But let me teach you something, disciples. That you got to find something that will feed you even when you're not fed. So people. That keeps people from lifting their eyes is their past. Kennedy said because of, you know, something that happened in their past can cause them, even though they, they want to accomplish it, they don't want to accomplish it or they don't, they don't feel worthy to it. That's kind of where the path is going. They don't feel worthy. See, the thing about God is, is that he's different in people. 
People will make you feel bad at what you did in the past. But God will never make you feel bad about what you did in the past. And so just because you had a moment or a mistake in life doesn't mean you stop lifting up your head. Because what you're going through is going to help other people in their harvest field. So if I didn't go through fatherlessness, if I didn't go through abandonment, if I didn't go through rejection, if I didn't go through uh, 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 whatever the things I went through, how can I help other people through? Xavier said fear. Some people say, hey, I'm not going to lift up my eyes and see that the harvest is right because I'm afraid that I might not be able to. Bro, when I first started my YouTube channel, man, I, it took me. Man, it took me like three months to even start doing it because I was like, man, what if. Have you ever heard of imposter syndrome? Have anybody heard about that phrase before? You know what it is? What is it? Basically, when you feel like you're the imposter. So an imposter syndrome is someone who is afraid of being exposed for not being qualified. So, for instance, when I was growing up, y'all's age and older, I'm talking way older, 19 or 20, people were saying you have to have a college degree. If you don't have a college degree, then you're not qualified to do X, Y, or Z. And so when I started having success and I was doing my videos and I was doing my books and stuff, I felt like I will one day be exposed as someone not qualified to do what I did. So there was some fear that gripped me. I remember when my first book went out, it took me two years to put my second book out because of fear. But just because you're not qualified in the world standards to do something, the world doesn't qualify you. God does. And so the whole purpose of this message is for you to zoom in and see that your harvest field is ripe. There are millions of kids, millions of people waiting for your product. There are millions upon millions of people waiting for you to discover your purpose. There's millions upon millions of people waiting for you. So the Bible says uh, the world is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the children of God. What does that mean? The world is groaning, waiting for God's people to do what they're supposed to do. There's people out there groaning for me to get back traveling again. I got people talking about, when are you going to hit the road again, Josh? When are you going to come to uh, uh, Detroit again? When are you going to come to Florida again? When are you going to come to Texas again? When are you coming? They're groaning for me to reveal my purpose. And there's people in this world who's going through hell waiting for you to bring heaven to them. So while you're groaning, there's other people groaning saying, hey, when are you going to show up? That's why maybe some of you all were groaning through seventh, eighth grade. And now you met teach like Pastor Chisholm and myself. And now you're like, man, now I have an idea what purpose is. But all of you all are groaning. So the real question is, what are you groaning for? Some people are groaning for a father. Some people are groaning for a, for a legitimate mother. Some people are groaning for friendship. Some people are groaning for relationships. And then somebody comes along and says, hey, you don't have to groan anymore. But imagine the people... That are waiting for you. Waiting for you to show up. Because the Bible says the harvest is ripe, but the what? The harvest is ripe, but the labors. And why are labors a few? It's basically what it said up there. Some, there's a bunch of laborers who said, I'm not qualified. There's laborers who says, I don't have enough money. There's laborers that says, you know, I did this in my past, so therefore, who, why would God even use me? There's a lot of labors that are few for a lot of reasons. And so today I just want to challenge you, and it will be done like five minutes, to challenge you to say, okay, what's 
when was the last time I ate a good meal that wasn't a good meal? Like, when was the last time I ate a meal that wasn't a physical meal? When was the last time I, I ate from purpose that I, that I got so hungry for purpose to the point to where I don't need a boyfriend. I don't need a girlfriend. I don't need friends. I don't need these different things because I have food that my peers know not of. People come to you and be like, oh, why are you not in a relationship? I have food you know not of. Why don't you care about friendships? I have food you know not of. Why don't you get upset with this? Because I have food you know not of. There are going to be people that's going to come to you shocked that you're not eating from their table, shocked that you're not eating like them, but they're going to say, you're going to, have to, you're going to be able to say back to them, I have food you know not of. Why are you not thirsty for love? Because I have food you know not of. That's the mentality. That yes, it's nothing wrong with relationships. My wife and our marriage feeds us. That's a meal at a proper time. When a baby's a baby, you don't give a baby steak. <laughs> you give a baby what? You give them baby food, you give them milk, right? I can't force a meal prematurely because the stomach is not mature. And if you're trying to feed off of something that you can't digest, they're going to always be stressed. There's people that went on 40-day fast and died at the dinner table because they tried to eat a steak with a stomach with no stomach acid. Do you know you can fast 40 days or 7 or 14 days without food and you try to eat steak, but because your stomach doesn't have what it takes, you actually your, your whole system hot wires and you die? That's what the Bible talks about. Before you go on a fast, you may want to talk to God about going on a fast because fasting can be dangerous. The same is trying to eat something that your stomach is not mature enough to digest. That's why I keep eating the baby food. If you're babies, you, know, you, you guys, 14, 15, keep eating baby food. It's good for you at this stage. And when it's time to eat that meal, that meal will come. So the mentality is, he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Jesus was focused, man. Why do you think God... Had to be man. Why did God have to be man? What are some benefits of having a God man? I know it's rough. I, we ain't had worship, so <laughs> you guys ain't shaped and you ain't jumped yet. And I understand. But, you know, I bring the speaker tomorrow. Y'all remind me because I might still forget again and we'll be right here in that Bible again. I'm joking. <laughs> what are some things? What was my question? Um, yeah, why was it important for God to be man? Yeah. To have an understanding. So that because God, the Father, or that aspect of the triune God, I can't expect people to follow someone that don't understand. What's another reason why it was important for God to be a man. God can't die. God can't die good. I'm looking for one thing. All those are great. Yes, sir. To show us. God the Father did it from the beginning. When did he do that? He, what type of, what's the first system, the first two systems that God showed us about himself that are so profound that if we get this, we can get anything. 
What's the first thing we find out about God? That he's what? Creative. creative. So that, that system of creation or creating implies what? For us. We have it too. And that if, if we're not creating, we're depreciating. Like, you got to keep creating. Like, after I write this, after I put that card game out, after I put this book out, I'm on to the next one. Creating gives you life. What's the second thing that God showed us that is paramount for us? It was right after he created, he did something. On the seventh day, he what? So what he teaches? Creating number one and having systems of rest. So God was showing us, I can't expect you. Now, let me ask you this question. Did God need to rest? That's the key point. No, but he, he didn't have to rest, but he knew we would have to rest. And he says, I, just like Jesus said, I do what I see my father do. So God wants us to say, hey, I show you the blueprint. If you follow the blueprint, you will have a building that can't be broken down. And so when we understand, hey, Jesus is trying to show us a clue. He's trying to show us that you got to find your purpose. You got to find his will. Because all of us sent to do now, when you're sent back to your maker, because that's going to happen. <laughs> the crazy thing about life is what you what was sent will be sent back. And when you die and how many know everybody here is going to die 100 years, 200 years from now, all of us are going to be dead and gone. That dead and gone. Like, but think about this, though. What makes death so powerful? What makes death one of the ultimate motivators of all time? You don't need you don't need no Kobe video. You don't need no LeBron motivational video. You don't need no you don't need no motivation. Death is why is death the number one motivational thing of all time? It's a time limit. What else? That was good. Nobody wants to go to hell. The reason why death is a motivator is because it's going to happen. <laughs> it's nobody in this room. Is going to escape death. And when I begin to chew through death, no matter how bitter the taste was, I realized this is the antidote to me living a life fully present. Because one day you're going to have your last day. And I don't want to be in my last moment saying I wasted days. That's why I go hard when I preach, because this might be my last message. It won't be, but I have to preach like it one day will. So when I'm in heaven, they play that reel over and they're like, God, I'm like, man, that was your last message. Boy, that was a good one. That motivation you left down there. Imagine if you took death seriously, because once you take death seriously, you will take life seriously. Once you take life seriously, you'll take purpose seriously. Once you take purpose seriously, you'll take people seriously. So every time my mom calls, I pick up and I'm like, she's still here. Dad, like I, because life is fragile, I take loved ones seriously. When I play with my daughter, when I spend time with my wife, I take it seriously because one day is going to be my last time. And I don't want to be sent back to heaven in the middle of watching a, a, a football game or in the middle of watching a basketball game, in the middle of doing something that ain't there's nothing wrong with doing those things. But if that was the nature of my life, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I ain't watched not one down the Super Bowl. Why? Why am I going to watch another man make millions and I ain't made my first one yet? 
I don't need to see Usher, Usher Rich. I don't got to see his damn moves, dance moves because I know, hey, am I making my money? I know I sound like cuss. I'm like, man, I started the wrong time. Dance moves, not his moves, okay? <laughs> Y'all going to go home. Mr. Ed said, Usher, he won. And your mom going to be mad at me because your mom loved Usher. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, uh, so what I'm trying to say is this, is that there's nothing wrong if you watch the game. I'm not sitting there saying, man. But there comes a fool that says, when I got home, I was in my book again. Because I know once this book comes out, it's going to impact lives. Then I'm going to be on the road again. Then I'm going to be able to touch lives all over the world again. Like, that's what feeds me. I can be able to get my wife that beach house she wants. That was what feeds me. What feeds me is making sure that my daughter never has to worry about anything that she don't have to worry about. That's what feeds me. What's feeding you? Your relationship, what's feeding you? Your friendships, what's feeding you? You cannot be fed off of something that can't be dead. You can't. Because if it dies off on you, now you're starving. <laughs> but when you know your purpose, even if that person leaves, you're still eating. You're going to hurt, but you're still going to be eating. I tell people, turn your pain in the game. If that person breaks up with you, that person leaves you, that friendship, that friendship ends, that person ain't paying you attention, you can still eat. And how many people are starving for attention because they don't have a purpose to feed on? Starving for relationships, starving for attention, starving, 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 because you have food you know not of. <laughs> Imagine, what's your favorite food? Your favorite meal that your mom makes or your favorite meal at a restaurant? What's your favorite, favorite meal? Chicken and waffles, why? Girl, you lit up. You have two waffles. Because the waffles are warm, the syrup is warm, and the chicken tenders are fresh. Okay, that's good, girl. You get, got me hungry. Everybody give me some chicken. What else? What's somebody else's favorite, favorite meal that you will never deny? If it's in your face, you're going to be like, oh, I'm eating that. I don't care if I... Yes, sir? Filet mignon. Filet? Boy, that boy. Okay, I see you, my boy. Filet mignon. Yes, sweetheart? African stew. African stew? Yeah, what else? Yes, sir? Say it again. Good, good. What else? All of us have a meal. Now imagine that meal beside you and you won't even eat it. Do you know none of y'all would turn down your favorite meal? Carlos, that meal was right beside you eating it. You don't care if you had two plates. Hey, mama brought this. I'm going to eat that. Chicken and waffles in your face. And it's, it's warm. I'm talking about the right temperature. The syrup dripping off the side, the chicken tender as a cross on top of that waffle. You're going to eat it. And God is saying, I, I, you have a meal right beside you that's going to be that's greater than those chicken and waffles. Because chicken and waffles are temporary. You, you, you can't get that every meal. You wish you could. But mama's going to be like, no, nah, not today. But that purpose, even at 2 o'clock in the morning, you can be like, you know, let me eat for my purpose for a little bit. Let me go on YouTube and find some tutorials about this. Let me, let me go learn more about the, uh, the uh, manufacturing companies that could possibly make my shirts for me. Let me, let me go back into my, my miniatures. Let me, let, me, let me get into this. Let me, let me find something about writing and my characters. Like, it, no matter when, you can say, I can eat. That is what's going to get you up the road, not those things that are roadblocks. So Jesus says, man, food is to do the will of him who sent me because one day you're going to be sent back and you got to make sure that you accomplish his work. Now, the most embarrassing moment that people have experienced 
talking about Christians have experienced who have died, even though their soul was saved, their hands were empty. What does that mean? I was saved. I was a Christian, but I didn't live the Christian life. My hands are empty. KB coming out with a song next week, and I, I play that thing over and over, his clip that he played. He says something like, um, you're so caught up on this or that, but where are the disciples that you made? The number one thing that God says, says go and make what? How many people are going to go to heaven and have not made not one disciple? Has not made, has not lived a life that was compelling enough for someone that says, I want to be Christ-like too. Heaven is not going to be measured based upon, oh, you went to church or, oh, oh, you did this. Life, like, God is a businessman. How many business owners, how many business people in this room who are, who are saying, I'm going to be a business person? Like, when you bout business, you bout business. Listen, business is about what? Profits. <laughs> I, like, it don't matter if, uh, how talented you are. Did you help with profits? How did the kingdom profit because of you? Like, like, what did you do with your life to ensure that when you come meet me, you profit? It reminds me of the story of the talents. Y'all know what that is, right? How many people was in that parable that, that, that master gave talents to? Three, three, right? He gave the first one how many talents? He gave the first one, that's the third one. He gave the first one what? Five. He gave the second one what? Uh, two. You good, you good. He gave the third one one. Now, this guy probably has some valid reasons on why he buried his. First off, why you just give me one? What you trying, what are you trying to say? I mean, you gave my man five. <laughs> you gave my other one two. You gave me one. The five and two, they did what? They, they went immediately to the marketplace. The marketplace is where you exchange. For instance, uh, your 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 T-shirts, you go right to exchange. The the miniatures, you go to the marketplace and exchange. The the trash can cleaning business, uh, the whatever it is that you're doing, you go to the marketplace. Why do you go to the marketplace? Huh? That's where you get out. Like for instance, if I have an idea and I keep it home, how can I make money off of it? Now, I can have a business at home and I go online, but I'm talking about I don't even go online. I don't post my product. I, can, I, I hold my books because, oh, what if nobody buys? Those first two immediately went into the marketplace and started exchanging. They said, this ain't my money. If it's your money, you do what you do with your money. But your money ain't your money. Your business not your business. You are a subsidiary of Kingdom Inc., you are a subsidiary to Kingdom LLC. You're a subsidiary company, meaning that your business is a part of a bigger business. So right now, you have no business not to have a business. Now you got to say, I got to go right into the marketplace and start exchanging. So as soon as that book comes out, as soon as I'm done, I'm in the marketplace. Boom, right here. I got books to buy. What's up? What's up? What you got? Oh, you got a relationship problem? Oh, I got you. I got a book right for you. Oh, you and your family going through stuff? I got a car. I'm in the marketplace. Why? Because I got to make sure the kingdom of God gets a profit. But the one said, you a hard man. You a man that's, that, that's, that's about his business. You ever been around a businessman before? 
Like, like you've been around somebody that's about to have been in you. You come late and they go, they look at you. Why are you late? Nah, bro, bro, I was trying. So we it's business time. Like, like, oh, you, you, so you didn't, you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Oh, then they, that person get afraid. Of that person, because that person, like, no, I, I, I'm about mine. Like, you, you affected my money. You affected my bottom line. And so he had a bad perspective. He thought because a person was serious about business that that person was mean. So he says, you know what? I'm going to give you. I'm just going to give you your gift as is. What's bad about giving a gift as is? To somebody that was expected to profit from it. No benefit. So imagine you taking your idea back to God, taking your purpose back to God as is. Well, God, I didn't. I mean, I was afraid. God, I was ashamed of my past, but at least I brought it. It's still shiny. <laughs> it's, it's still it, it ain't dirty. I, I just barely used it. God going to be like, you could at least did something little with it. And what happened to that man? The Bible says he took what was his, gave it to the one that was five, that had five. Now, one thing that scared me when I was y'all's age, y'all probably don't. Yeah, yeah, y'all probably be afraid of this too. Imagine you having the miniature idea, and you got all your characters, you got all the little things you ever thought about making, right? And you was excited about it, but you never did nothing with it. Then one day you scroll on social media, and somebody else had the same characters, had the same design, that you had, how would you feel? Um, like sad. Man. Dang. Sad. <laughs> yeah, say he'd be sad for you, but what, how would you feel? Uh, upset and upset at myself. Upset and upset at yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Why would you be upset with yourself? Or upset, both those things? Because I didn't take the opportunity to broadcast my own idea. Do you know God will say, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, you ain't doing nothing with it, oh. God said, I'm a businessman. <laughs> he says, man, listen, I will take what you were supposed to do, give it to somebody else, and you may have to see the exchange. That's why I don't got time for someone to create something I was supposed to create. And starve in the process as well. So what am I saying? better find your plate find your meal find your purpose that you can feed off any time any day of the week any moment when you're sad and you feel lonely man you know how many times i was i felt lonely in my singles but i had something to eat you know how many times that i got abandoned and rejected but i cried a couple of nights but i had a meal to eat god says man i have a food for you that no matter if anyone's there to feed you you can feed you because there's nothing better than working. Now, um, who's, who in this room has ever worked with their parent before or worked with an uncle before? Y'all have worked. How did that feel when you worked with somebody that was like um, you was close to? Yes, sir. Oh, well, um, you was with your mom and dad or? No. Well, I know what you mean. But you worked with somebody in your family. Yeah, my uncle. And how did it feel when, you, when your uncle picked you up? Huh? An honor. Why was it honorable? Why was it such an honor? Because uh, he's already like. Huh. I don't really know how I could explain it. Uh huh. Like, um, I was just honored. You just honored. That's good. Ain't nothing wrong with that. 
What about you, Kennedy? Or anyone who rose, raised their hand, if they had something to say. Um, Amy, to put you on the spot. Unusual? And why you say that? It made you step your game up, right? That's what God is saying. Come work with me. Man, it's nothing more precious than working for the kingdom of God, for his glory. Saying, God, man, I mean, oh, man, I can't wait. I know it sounds crazy. I can't wait to die. I can wait to die. But when I die, let me make sure I make that clear for the devil's life. Oh, we got it. I can wait to die. Okay, I can wait. But when I do die, I can't wait to say, God, man, this is what I, bruh. But I don't want God to be like, dang, that's all you did. I want God to be like, you ain't do everything because ain't nobody going to be perfect. But boy, you put that work in. There's, listen, I don't mind losing a game if I left it all on the court. Like If I left it all on the court, I'm like, man, listen, the better team won, dap them up. But boy, I put that work in. You, you, you dealt with me. You shot box you. I, I, I hit you with a couple of elbows. You, you knew I was on the court. And that's the beautiful thing about saying, hey, I may not get it all right, but I'm going to play as if every game can be won. And so it says, there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you. This is Jesus saying. He's telling you to look. I tell you. It don't matter what your mom has told you, what your dad has told you. He says, look, I tell you. I know you may feel bad about what you did in your past, but I am the one telling you. Yeah, you may feel afraid, but I'm telling you, I've seen your ending before the beginning. I'm telling you to look, lift up your eyes. And it says, lift up your eyes and see. Now, you can lift up your eyes and still not see. You can lift up your eyes and still not see what he's talking about. Jesus can be like, how many of y'all have been in a position where someone told you, yo, I can see you doing this. You lift up and say, I still can't see it. What are some blinders that your eyes are lifted, but you can't see it? Oh, that's like when the disciples, when his disciples, they see his, they see him turn, uh, feed the 5,000 or something yeah. like that. And then they asked him, it was like, uh, Still prove that you are God, and he was like, "Are you? Is your is your heart so hardened that you can't see?" Hey, that girl know that word now. Yeah. She know that word, right? So he's telling us, or how many people in here? You you probably felt that where someone says, or maybe it was me, or someone said, "Girl, you can really do that." Oh, I see that. You looked up. He was like, "I hear you, but I still can't see what you see." So Jesus said, "Man, look, I tell you." Lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. If you looked up your eyes right, right now, the harvest is right for me. All I got to do is put videos out. That's why my publishing comes from my books called Casting Seeds. When you cast a seed in a harvest, in a field, wherever it lands, it lands. And if it lands on good ground, it grows. But imagine having seed but not casting it. Having an idea, but not casting it. Because you're just one video away. You're one step into your purpose away from God making a way. Any thoughts, comments, or questions? All right, so we're good to go.